Well, welcome to the Traffic Club of Chicago podcast on Hazmat. Uh, my name is Denny Grimm. I'm with a company called Business to Business Communications. We produce uh, programming on the Sound Business Network, and so we'd love to see and hear you on our website as well. But this Traffic Club of Chicago um, session is uh, starring our own uh, member and uh, um, and president of the specialty transportation and regulatory services company. We call it STARS. Wendy Buckley is their president and CEO. She runs it. She's got uh, uh, a real interest in the whole of Hazmat. So I'm going to suggest that you go on to her, both her website and uh, onto LinkedIn to find out more about Wendy and her passion uh, for hazardous materials and how that happened uh, back in the day when people were running out of fires and Re Wendy was running into them. So um, <laughs> I want to encourage you to go there and find out more about Wendy. Um, as a professor, an adjunct professor, and uh, certainly as a uh, specialized professional in hazmat, uh, Wendy has a lot of stories to tell us regarding hazardous material. And uh, we might start out a little bit on the lighter side, Wendy, and, and talk about uh, some of the things that are coming up. Uh, we're in a holiday season where travel, um, even though COVID, uh, um, COVID uh, some folks are going to be traveling. And one of the things that they do is they take uh, Christmas presents to grandma. Um, sometimes we bring them home after the uh, trip to grandma's house. You've had some experience in that regard and uh, how we might uh, look at this holiday season. Tell us a little bit uh, about what we need to be careful of when we board the plane. Yeah, uh, but actually, you're absolutely right. This has happened. Um, it was a company I worked for many years ago. We sold science kits, and these kits would have various chemicals in them and alcohol wipes and that sort of thing. And this one young man went to his grandmother's house for Christmas and his grandmother gave him one of these kits. And when he took it home with him on the airplane, the FAA had a very serious problem with that. <laughs> so they flagged his package and he got in trouble. His parents got in trouble. We got in trouble. It was kind of a mess. But, um, you know, eventually they understood that he certainly didn't do it on purpose. I think he was eight years old or something. Um, so, you know, he didn't go to jail or anything like that. But, um, but, but it brings to light an interesting point is that the general public still is responsible for certain hazmat rules, especially on airplanes, and they may not always understand what actually is hazardous. So I thought that might be worth a good conversation. Well, and one of the things that uh, maybe some of the traffic club members uh, do is uh, get involved in celebration. And so if we uh, found ourselves with a bottle of wine or some beverage that we were, uh, capped beverage that we were bringing home, uh, those two, I think you've said, are uh, dangerous, hazardous materials. Yeah, actually, alcohol is a flammable liquid uh, that goes for your hand sanitizers, your Lysol sprays, all of these things that people are now carrying with them in their purses or their briefcases or whatever for, for COVID prevention. Um, they're all made out of alcohol, and alcohol is a flammable liquid. So um, that Jack Daniels that your mother-in-law got you for Christmas, you might not want to take it on an airplane. <laughs> You can in the cabin, just don't put it in your luggage. <laughs> yeah. So so you can do some things for, with carry-on that you can't do um, with packing it in luggage. Yeah, a perfect example of that is the lithium batteries, right? So your cell phones, your game pads, like your Nintendo Switch or whatever it might be. I know Xbox has a handheld. I don't want to be, you know... Um, 
prejudice, but uh, any of these sort of things that have rechargeable batteries, and that's usually the key is rechargeable, that's your lithium ions, uh, they are hazardous materials and they can catch fire in a plane. One of the problems is these batteries, especially if they're damaged, like from dropping or overheating, um, using inexpensive chargers that might overheat the batteries, for example, um, they will they can cause the battery to have what we call thermal runaway. And that thermal runaway is a fire that can happen, whether it's in an airplane or on the ground or whatever, but it can be very, very difficult to put out. Um, and so in an airplane, no, you can't pull over. There's no <laughs> side of the road, right? You can't roll down the windows. So it becomes a very dangerous situation. So these things are really important. You can carry those on your person. You can put them in your carry-on bag, but you can't check them in your uh, in your luggage that you're going to be putting in the car to hold. Um, one of the things in, in some of the notes that you and I had shared uh, had to do with um, uh, other hazmat items uh, that warehouses, carriers, retail stores, we need to be aware of. Um, so it, it's not just airplanes. It's uh, other... Um, of the logistics operations that we need to be cognizant of as well? Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, I recently had a warehouse client of mine who doesn't normally handle hazardous materials. Uh, they took some additional inventory from a new client. It was a very lucrative contract and it was in their best interest to take it. But what they and the customer did not realize was that many of the products the customer was going to be sending to them were hazardous materials. And it didn't really become known until the product arrived on their doorstep. And they see all these marked packages and they're opening things up and discovering corrosives and toxics and flammables that they had no idea to be expecting. So now they're going to be storing all these hazardous materials on their property. Uh, they're all sitting there on their loading dock. And now the question is, what do they do about it? So, you know, one of the things you have to be cognizant of is when you're taking on new business that you may not fully understand or even your customer may not fully understand it, which was the case here. The customer didn't understand. You know, you could end up in a very difficult situation that involves not only uh, transportation regulations, but Environmental Protection Agency and OSHA, even fire codes. Um, so I'm going to suggest to our Traffic Club of Chicago members, um, this is an unpaid uh, suggestion, but when you don't know, stop, call Wendy, find <laughs> out, and protect yourself. Because that's exactly why we do, through the Education Committee at the Traffic Club, these kinds of podcasts. The goal is to make sure that you are safe. Um, one of the things, Wendy, that's happened uh, in our industry, uh, kind of a, a bigger um, subject, uh, and some of the things that you follow much more clearly and regularly through uh, the FRA and other areas um, that you've actually worked in, uh, inside of government. Um, uh, there are some new tank car um, final rules that are uh, finally being made as final rules. <laughs> and um, so why don't you take us through just a short litany of, of where we're going and what's been going on in the rail industry in this particular case. So the new tank car rule that just came out uh, the end of November is specific to what we call PIHs or TIHs. It stands for poison or toxic inhalation hazards. Things like chlorine, anhydrous ammonia, um, sulfur dioxide, those are some of the real common ones. And these tank car rules are to make the tank car more robust so that if it were to be involved in an incident or an accident, it's more likely to withstand the impact and not lose its contents in the accident. Um, so these new rules, they have an interim for quite some time and what they require is normalized steel. So 
anyone that's ever dealt with steel, um, when you heat it to weld it or anything like that, it can make it very brittle in certain areas that were heated. So you have to do some special heating processes to, to make these steel stronger again. And that process is called normalization. And a lot of tank cars that are in transportation today are not normalized, especially the older ones. And that again, can make it very brittle. So the new rule is requiring that 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 those tank cars be made of only normalized steel, the steel that's been treated to restore the strength of it. And go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to suggest again, uh, I'm, I'm a shortcut guy, I can't help myself. Um, my suggestion would be that if you're a shipper and you need to move product and or if you're a carrier or if you're an owner of equipment um, and you need to know or want to know whether or not your equipment is the right equipment for the right product to be moved on rail, um, let Wendy know because she has a whole team of people around the country that, that she can send out to make an inspection on those cars and uh, determine whether or not you're um, in compliance. Uh, and again, um, it, it's like the tax collector uh, who is now a tax uh, advisor. Um, Wendy used to work uh, in that <laughs> shop uh, that made all those rules and uh, required all that compliance in the past. And so she and her team uh, can help you in that regard. So um, please be aware of that. Are there some other, um, there's some other major changes taking effect. Uh, DOT is ending um, their RMD classification. Again, it's over my head, Wendy. Help me to know uh, briefly uh, what that might look like and how we might help some more of our uh, traffic club members. So this revolves primarily around uh, consumer commodities. So mostly people that are in retail sale. Um, so it used to be that if you're going to send a package that was, uh, or a material that was packaged for retail sale, you could send it as what's called an ORMD or other regulated material for domestic transportation. And there was some relief and certain requirements with that. And, and it was easily identifiable with a bright blue label. Anyway, those regulations are, are no longer allowed. The labels are no longer allowed as of December 31st of this year. Um, so this has been in the works for some time, so it shouldn't really come as a shock to anybody. But what's important to know is that many of these materials will now be transported as what we call limited quantities. It's a similar rule, but uh, it, it, the markings, for example, are very different. And a lot of times people don't realize that this marking is actually a hazardous materials marking. It's a diamond shape, black and white, it's white in the center, black on the ends. And people will see that and not realize that it's actually hazardous materials marking. So the important thing for your traffic club members to know, particularly the carriers and the warehouses that may not see this stuff every day, is that if you see this black and white diamond, it is a hazardous materials marking and it means you just have a small quantity of hazardous materials. Um, I think you and I could go on for a long time uh, talking about um, backgrounds and fires and <laughs> and uh, the explosions and how they happen and what happens when they happen and how you fix it and stuff. It's, it is certainly interesting. But I think where we uh, probably ought to stop is as soon as you give us whatever might be the next best thing for our members to know about. And uh, um, because otherwise, I think we could just go on and on and on. Well, I certainly could. We all know that. <laughs> I, I love this topic. I could talk about it all day. In fact, I do talk about it all day. Um, the next best thing to know is, like you said, Denny, I couldn't have said it better myself. If you don't know what you're dealing with, pick up the phone and ask somebody that can help you. I, I am more than happy to be that person uh, or, or if you have another resource. But 
this is not an area that you want to guess in. This is not an area that you want to say, well, we'll just figure it out. It's very, very complicated. Um, even when you think you understand the regulations, it, there may be a nuance or maybe some exception that you don't quite understand. We've had clients take advantage of rules that didn't actually apply to them, uh, that, that got them into a lot of trouble. So if you don't understand the rules, if this is not your primary expertise, just pick up the phone and call somebody who can help you. Um, making a mistake is, is a dire consequence with this stuff. It, boy, it really is. Um, you may know Wendy from before sitting at the head table at the Traffic Club of Chicago's annual dinner. Remember, we used to have those before COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and we're hopeful that they'll happen again and that Wendy will come back and join us again. I'd She's a member of our club, so uh, you can catch her if you're a member uh, on the uh, membership links and has uh, her number and so forth. Uh, certainly the office at the traffic club can help you out there as well. But I want to thank you, Wendy. I want to thank you for taking time out for us uh, and um, helping us to better understand, particularly uh, at the holiday time when we might be traveling with a few extra packages under our arm, uh, of what we can do, what we can't do, what we should do, what we shouldn't do, and when we don't know that we might call you. So um, thank you for participating with us and uh, we will look to see you on the Traffic Club website uh, uh, underneath the um, webinar series and uh, um, perhaps you can come back with some more fire stories and, uh, and talk to us again. We would I'd be honored, thank you for having me. You're welcome, thank you Wendy.